Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh yeah, don't oh. you know? <laughs> that sounded got overly oh. sexual. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> are we just gonna skip the names? Go I'm setting them. Oh, right, right. I'm, that part. I'm Kenyon. <laughs> I'm Lucy. I'm a man. <laughs> this will all be clear very soon. <laughs> we or not? I don't know. What year is it? We have a very special fan pick brought to you by Devin Hales. Mm, oh. All Hales. And maybe Devin, Devin Hales from Devin. I don't mm. know. Devin Hales from the Pacific Northwest, as far as I can recall from Correct. the email. That is very fitting from my case. Mm. So. And mine. Nice. And our wine pairing. Oh. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> Devin has selected the topic of harbor crimes, maybe mm-hmm. harbor homicides, if we want to be alliterative. Well, I, someone, people die in my case. People die in mine. Harbor there homicides, done. Changing it right now on the Woo! drive. <laughs> All right, harbor homicides brought to you by Devin Hales. I need a drink. What the fuck are we drinking? What's our wine crime <laughs> <laughs> Super with you. We have cursed technology problems today. Yes. We have paired this week's episode with Wink Wine Club's Pacificana Cab Sov. So fitting. Ooh. Oh my god. So goodness. fitting. It's an obvious choice. Harbors, the Pacific Ocean. You get it. <laughs> Just a quick reminder that Wink Wine Club is the greatest gift the gods have ever Bestowed curated. Upon us. Yep. This is an online wine club where you can have wine delivered to your door. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool and pretty versatile because they put fun new seasonal wines on there all the time. It's ever changing. You can order a la carte. You can just order once or twice without a membership. You know, it's like going to the store, but Mm -hmm. on your couch. Or you can do what we've all done and become a member. You get member pricing. You get recommendations. Mm -hmm. It's just like the coolest club ever. You also just get the satisfaction of knowing that you can download the app and restock your wine on a whim. Yeah. Yeah. And if you forget, they just take care of it for you. Mm -hmm. It's super awesome because I've had months where I've been like not remembering to pick wines from my cart. But because I have a membership, they've curated wines based on my order history that they knew I would like. Yeah. And so they just sent me a box. I didn't even have to think about it. And I was like, oh, I love all of these because they know me better than my own partner does. <laughs> so if you are not somebody who has ever tried out Wink Wines, I think you should do that right now. And you can do that. It's time. Yeah. By going to trywink.com forward slash gals. 
to get 20 bucks off your first box. Mm-hmm. It's that. worth it. You put four or more bottles in there, they take care of the shipping. Yeah. It's a win, 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 win. So this oak-aged Cabernet Sauvignon sees extra maceration time on its skins before fermentation. <laughs> I which, love maceration. Me too. Just a refresher, that means the juice was left in longer contact with the skins before they're filtered out and the juice is fermented, which enhances structure and softens the tannins. So the tannins are usually what are the culprits for like headaches and stuff when you drink red wine. Does it do anything with the color when you do that? It. I mean, looking at the bottle, it is a very deep, mm-hmm. full-bodied red. So mm-hmm. I would imagine, because we know from how they make rosé, like skin contact has a lot to do with the color of the wine. So I would venture, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. This is a big red that's also smooth and food-friendly. It shows classic cab flavors of plum, eucalyptus, and cherry, making this a bottling that hits all the right notes. Mm-hmm. This is one of those bottles that I put in my cart often. Oh, yeah. I basically order this every month. Yeah. It's like a go-to cab at our house. It's so good. And another cool thing about the Pacificana specifically is that Wink teamed up with 1% for the Planet, which is an international organization that supports a network of eco-conscious businesses committed to donating 1% of their sales toward environmental causes. So as a member, 1% of all of the Pacificana sales go toward benefiting and preserving the environment. So that's just another great reason to be a Wink member. Aww. So like I said, this is full-bodied. It's got a dry finish. She clocks in at 13.1% ABV. And she is a popper, shall we pop? Let's yeah. do it. All right, here we go. I'm affixing my nice pop wine key. From our online store at winegrindpodcast.baycartel.com. Here we go. Hey. Oh. 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 Woodsy pop. pop. <laughs> Pacific pop. Paxon pop. Oh. I can hear the waves rolling. And the whales. There was nothing better than a Paxon or a wet seal. Yep. When your mom gave you like 20 bucks, shoot you off to the mall. Yeah. Simpler days. Mm -hmm. Silver jeans, people. Oh, yeah. Could not afford them. Always wanted them. I know. I was like, I'm reminiscing, but I'm pretty sure I only ever walked inside, touched Mm -hmm. everything, and bought nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And like went to Jamba Juice. Yep. Yeah. 20 bucks doesn't get you a pair of silver jeans. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -mm. I never had silver jeans either, but all the cool girls did. I I think I ended up getting one pair. Mm. What was that brand? It was like Pipes, like Union Bay Pipes or something like that. I do not recall. The really wide leg, like elephant pants. Mm. Bless a wide leg. That was my scene. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, what's our background in maybe psych for harbor (laughs) homicides? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be on a level with you here. Not a whole lot of background in psych regarding harbors. Lucy was like, guys, I I don't I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, I, I found a couple ways to pad it. Don't okay. worry. All right. So the Merriam-Webster examples of like how to use the word harbor in a sentence were kind of amazing. <laughs> so no, actually. You padded it like a bad toast at a wedding. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, honey. Like a bad toe in a high heel. Huge. <laughs> I padded this like my middle school sports bra. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and my Union Bay pipes. <laughs> nice pipes. Okay, so as a noun, a harbor is a body of water protected and deep enough to furnish anchorage, especially one with port facilities. So using it in a sentence. <laughs> Officials confirmed that the last missing child was safe, having been picked up by a harbor patrol vehicle and taken to a safe location. That's the sentence in the dictionary? Yes. That's so dark. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a happy ending so the child was found safe. Well, like, I think they it like automatically pulls examples from like recent news stories. Okay. I just loved it. They get they get better. A harbor can also be a place of security and comfort. So mm-hmm. example Seeking harbor from the drenching rain, we unfortunately chose a bank where a robbery was taking place. Hmm, There are also a lot of safe harbor laws. Oh, we'll get to it. Oh. Right now. As a verb, harbor, (laughs) to give shelter or refuge to. So, example, harboring a fugitive. Or to be the home or habitat of. For example, the ledges still harbor rattlesnakes. Oh my god, these sentences are absurd. I know. I almost spit wine. Oh my god. Or... To hold especially persistently in the mind, for example, Amanda still harbors a grudge about the parking permit. She sure does. I don't think I do. You do. I'd say you both do more than I do. I didn't lose out on anything. We got the parking permit. (laughs) I didn't lose out either. I had another parking permit for free. Okay. (laughs) The lady in the office really liked me. I got to make my dramatic freedom note. Yep. And then walk away, toss a toss a lit cigarette on that car covered in gasoline. It is trash. <laughs> do not try this at home. She well, we all and also do that. I didn't do that part. We I all, just imagined it. We all harbor different memories of the mm-hmm. parking permit side. Oh, that is very true. <laughs> and some are real. One more. We've got <laughs> harbor as an intransitive verb. Which could mean to live. So, for example, parasites that harbor in the blood. Well, I don't like that at all. Okay. (laughs) The rattlesnakes in the ledges is my favorite one. Missing children, rattlesnakes, robbery, parasites. parasites. (laughs) None of these have anything to do with what I picture when I picture the word harbor. Also, what if, though, our fan picker actually wanted us to do one of the other iterations of the word harbor and we did it totally wrong (laughs) that's on them because now i'm having a moment of panic be specific right (laughs) if it has this many definitions you have to let us know which you (laughs) want yeah if they meant harboring fugitives and we're like a port next to (laughs) water and ships and blah 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 it's pretty easy for us to surmise, however, because they <laughs> reference their Pacific Northwest roots okay. that they meant harbor like a, you know, a water area. <laughs> or Devin's like, these fucking morons. Yeah. What the fuck? Fucking I paid I'm good money for either this. Way. <laughs> <laughs> they want a refund. Mm, they wouldn't be the We first. did the episode, so <laughs> a card laid is a card played. <laughs> So today, obviously, we will be talking about harbors as a noun and as it relates to boats and ships. 
The term is often interchangeable with port, which is a man-made facility built for landing and uh, loading and unloading vessels and passengers. Ports usually include one or more harbors. Mm-hmm. A harbor may be natural or artificial. An artificial harbor can have constructed breakwaters, seawalls, or jetties. And if you don't know what a jetty is, it's like a it's like a walkway. It's like a permanent dock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a little wall. Like what those rich people built across that dam. Mm-hmm. And then it flooded the whole town. Mm-hmm. Got it. Think, is Amanda think, here? I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> okay. I think we got it. <laughs> or an artificial harbor. I just didn't harbor. feel that I needed to weigh in. You're just not usually silent for several seconds in a row, so I got worried. <laughs> You're playing Animal Crossing, and we all know it. I'm not, actually. Oh, I have my Switch right next to me. Ready for Kenyon's case. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> it, I, have, I have to do something to focus. Okay. Can't just sit and look. <laughs> Artificial harbors can be constructed by dredging, which requires maintenance by further periodic dredging. So harbors are kind of high maintenance if they're man-made. An example of an artificial harbor is Long Beach Harbor, California, which was an array of salt marshes and tidal flats too shallow for modern merchant ships before it was first dredged in the early 20th century. And I have a quick anecdote about harbors on California's coast. All right. Mm. So... You may recall Corey's g- cranky grandma Della. I love her so much. Please tell yeah. the wedding story real quick. Oh, that is the best moment in history. <laughs> Morning of my wedding. I got my hair done, my makeup done, go back to the hotel to grab my dress and all my shit before we head out to the venue. I, it's really hot. The yeah. heat index was like 115 that day. And I see grandma Della sitting in the lobby of the hotel I was like, hey, Grandma, how are you doing? And she just goes, terrible. <laughs> okay, I'll see you at the wedding. Bye. Your wedding day. <laughs> the it's bride asks day. you how you're doing on her wedding day, and you respond, terrible. <laughs> I was like, then you've made it. Okay, don't have the mental capacity for this right now. I'll see you there. Yep. Your last fuck is gone. Yeah. That's your just automated response. That was your entire wedding attitude was, okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Bye. (laughs) I'm going to go over here now in this air-conditioned bathroom. It's the only attitude to have on your own wedding day, if I'm being honest. Terrible. Okay, so that's a little insight into grandma's (laughs) general demeanor. And- A few years ago, she had been telling Corey's mom that she just has this one memory from her childhood where she was like in California. I don't know if they were on a vacation. I think she lived there for a little while when she was younger. And she has this memory of being on this specific beach and how nice it would be to just see this one beach again. Mm -hmm. And so Kim like organized this whole trip, took grandma to California to this specific beach just to give her like one last hurrah. Is this her mother or her mother-in-law? Her mother-in-law, which makes this story better. Yeah. So organized, paid for Della, organized this whole thing. Traveling with elderly people is also not easy. No. Well, she is also in a wheelchair and they had to trudge the wheelchair through the sand out to the beach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it wasn't accessible. 
all of this work, all of this planning, this money to give Della this moment was very, very sweet and generous of Kim. Mm -hmm. They get her out there. She's looking at the ocean and she just goes, this isn't the same beach. Oh, (laughs) she goes, where'd all the boats go? And Kim was like, I don't know, grandma, they're boats. Yeah, and they, they haven't been they here in 70 years. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there are just it, fewer boats now. It might be a little bit different than you remember it from 70, 70 years ago. Seven decades ago. <laughs> so she was Terrible. just like, she was just like, I don't, I don't want to be here. Let's go. This isn't what I remember at all. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, god, I love her so much. I just she's I just want to live long enough to hate everything that much and make everyone around me that miserable. And That's not all give, I want. Not even give any fucks while no. making people that miserable. No, 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 no. I will do it with <laughs> glee, honestly. Yeah. My grandpa <laughs> wanted to like go to some restaurant in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota that he remembered while growing up and it like still somehow miraculously is there. And my mom started planning this trip and I was like, mom, we can't, he's 91. Mm-hmm. He can't go. This is all pre-COVID, of course. Mm-hmm. So he was 90. Like he can't go anywhere. He can't go to Perkins for mm-hmm. the afternoon without it being a whole thing like why would you drive him to north dakota and back no and he's not thought though yeah it is a nice thought yes he's not gonna i mean i love my grandfather but like he's not gonna remember it he has dementia he's Mm -hmm. not going to remember having said that he missed it Mm -hmm. or that you took him there oh i also totally get elizabeth's like wanting to do that for her dad but it is so hard like we went through that with my grandma not with the dementia but her just being so fucking old Mm -hmm. that it was such a process to take her out and when we were there after she was sick and we thought she was dying but Mm -hmm. surprise wasn't Mm -hmm. then she was (laughs) mad at us that we couldn't take her to like the nittany lion inn her favorite restaurant because her nurses were like you had a fever of 103 yesterday yeah we can't let you leave the building. Yeah. Like, girl, no. Yeah. <laughs> Honey. Yeah. And she's just ticked. She's pissed ticked. and then mad at the soup. <laughs> it's tomato. She wanted chicken noodle. God bless her. All right. We've gotten off track. I don't care. This was amazing. <laughs> Can we change this to Corey's grandma crimes? Because that's all I'm here for. No. Deadly I'm harboring Della. resentment that this isn't Corey's grandma crimes. <laughs> well, maybe when I get my own fan pick. Perfect. Oh, wait, I chose boob crimes. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You wasted it on boob crimes. I liked boob crimes. I did, too. It was a really good episode. Okay, so in contrast... A natural harbor is surrounded on several sides by prominences, prominences of land. Mm-hmm. The oldest artificial harbor that we know of is in Egypt on the Red Sea coast called Wadi al-Jarf and is at least 4,500 years old. Damn. Jesus. Natural harbors, I kind of, I, cut it, I copied and pasted that sentence. So obviously we're out of order. That old one is the artificial harbor. Natural harbors have long been of great strategic, naval, and economic importance. Many of these natural harbors are actually uh, something called rias. Hmm. And a ria, it's R-I-A, is a coastal inlet formed by the partial submergence of an unglaciated river valley. 
So there's a picture of an example of a Rhea on the drive, hmm. which will be on the blog. Kind of, this is what I picture the entire Pacific Northwest to look like. Mm, Just a mm-hmm. bunch of Rias. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's basically, yeah, what it is. Look, does mm-hmm. look like. Many, if not most, large cities in the world are built next to harbors. Having access to an ice-free harbor is a great blessing near the North and South Poles, especially if it's ice-free year-round. Also on the drive, there's the most dad photo of my dad. I know. At Valdez <laughs> Harbor. He's wearing his brown, tattered oh, Menards yeah. hat. Oh, he's so cute. His tight-lipped, obligatory smile for the his camera. His smile is just a completely <laughs> flat line across the bottom third he's of his that face. emoji with the flat line yeah. mouth. <laughs> but that's a smile. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You can hardly tell, but his it is. Beard. Your dad, I love him so much. That's a selfie. He took a selfie. But he's at Valdez Harbor, mm-hmm. which is one of... The great ice-free harbors. That's in Alaska, obviously. The busiest harbor by cargo tonnage is probably the port of Shanghai. Hmm. And I have one more anecdote about harbors. And this is, you know, the song Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass? Yeah. Of course. So sometimes Corey just has a thought about something and he just goes with it for like a long time. Mm -hmm. And he thought the lyrics were, Si lo se puede... You're a fine girl. You're oh. a fine girl. I don't know. The real lyrics are, Sail- the sailors say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. He uh. thought it was, si lo se puede, you're a fine girl. <laughs> and I Googled it. This doesn't mean anything, but it's really close to si se puede, which means yes, we can, yeah. or yes, it's possible, mm-hmm. and is also the official motto of the United Farm Workers of America. So basically, Cesar Chavez lives a little bit in Corey's brain. That is very tied to my case. Really? Unions, uh, like union labor and harbors. (laughs) It's all tied. Maybe he was right. It all comes back around. Si lo se puede, you're a fine girl. (laughs) So this has clearly exhausted everything I have to say about harbors. So I thought I would research something else. That I was interested in because I was watching the movie Frozen Ground, which is about um, Robert Hansen, the guy in yes. Alaska who killed all those women. Like they hunted them in the woods. I'm pretty sure we've covered him. We have. Yeah. He he raped and murdered at least at l- I thought I said, it's at least 14 that he's admitted to, but yeah. they think it's like way the fuck more than that. Yeah, it could be like in the 30s. Yeah. I think. He'd like kidnap them and then uh, fly, them. fly fly them in his little airplane out to, into the wilderness and hunt them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I was watching that movie today while writing up my notes, and they mentioned something that I have always wondered about, and that is why killers' eyes go black when they kill. Okay, this has been yeah. on our list since I it's a real know. thing. Since black we, eyes, yeah. Since we started. Uh, Dead the, fish eyes. The podcast that was on our original list of topic ideas. Mm-hmm. I know, and we've never talked about it, and I couldn't think of any real topic that this would ever come up. So I thought, why not plug it into harbor crimes? Oh my god, why yes. Not why not? So I thought that the answer would be really exciting, like it was demons or something, but it's not mm. that. Exci- <laughs> I mean, it's not that. I mean, it could be, but. Well, scientists it's not, not that. It's not not that. And scientists don't really know exactly why our pupils respond to different stimuli the way that they do. Mm-hmm. The, that dilation can indicate mental and emotional 
commotion. So this is from a Scientific American article. It's actually really bizarre. Pupil dilation correlates with arousal so consistently that researchers use pupil size or what's called pupillometry. Pupillometry. Oh, my God. I know. I did not make that up. I promise. To investigate a wide range of psychological phenomena. And they do this without knowing exactly why our eyes behave this way. Mm. Quote, nobody really knows for sure what these changes do, says Stuart Steinhauer, director of the Biometrics Research Lab at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. He views the dilations as a byproduct of the nervous system processing important information. So we're all aware of the fight or flight or or uh, freeze. Is, or freeze. Part of the sympathetic nervous system where you're, it's like your animal brain thinks it's in danger. Mm-hmm. So a few things happen. Adrenaline is secreted into the bloodstream. Blood flow is diverted to your muscles and away from like, you know, things like digesting food. Okay. Sure. Your heart rate and your blood pressure increase and your eyes dilate in order to see the threat better. Oh. So when your pupils are it lets big. lets in more light, right? It lets oh. in more light. So, like, that's why your pupils are big in the dark. So, Mm -hmm. is the killer going into fight mode and they've got adrenaline going and that's why their pupils get big and their eyes get black? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's it's because they're aroused somehow, not necessarily sexually, of course. No, but, like, stimulated. But just highly stimulated. Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. It does. It this makes tracks. perfect sense. Okay. So, but then I got into like I like pupil dilation and it's fucking wild. So, here's just a little bit more. Princeton University psychologist Daniel K- Kahneman showed Kahneman. Hmm? Kahneman. Cinnamon. <laughs> no way to Kahneman. Wear a Kahneman. <laughs> Free Kahnemans for all in the. <laughs> oh, gee, what's it called? I think I'm going to get a subscription to the Economist. <laughs> I am Never not following all this GameStop <laughs> stuff. I just cannot get into economics. <laughs> mm. There's that's where we've reached the end. Okay, we're done. Okay, Economist. Come on, guys, let's move on. Cut me off. <laughs> you gotta be off guard so our friend Dan showed several decades ago that pupil size increases in proportion to the difficulty of a task at hand so if you calculate 9 times 13 your pupils might dilate slightly but if you try 29 times 13 they will widen further and remain dilated until you reach the answer or just stop trying I, I never trying. started so it's an trying. indication of <laughs> It's an indication of, like, concentration. Okay. So he basically says that he could predict when somebody gave up on a multiplication problem simply by watching for pupil contraction during this Amazing. Her pupils never even started to move. No, mine are pinpricks. In our case, it would be like, okay, two times three. Okay. Maybe that's dilated a little bit, but then, like, six times 12 which nope. shouldn't be difficult for most nope. people. Be like, oh my God. I already gave up. You lost my me eyes are like saucers. <laughs> <laughs> so 
when he instructed subjects to remember and recite a series of seven digits, their pupils grew steadily as the numbers were presented one by one and then shrunk steadily as they unloaded the digits that from their memory. terrifying. I, Do not like that. I know. Subsequent research found that the pupils of more intelligent people as defined by their SAT scores dilated less in response to cognitive tasks compared with those of lower scoring participants, indicating a more efficient use of brain power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which, as we know, is like grain of salt because SATs Mm -hmm. are meh. Well, scholastic. Like I said, none of this is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. None of this is (laughs) for sure. I mean, they, they've done experiments, and these are the results of those experiments, but yeah. they still aren't completely sure why this happens. Mm-hmm. Scientists have used pupillometry to assess everything from sleepiness, introversion, and sexual interest to race mm-hmm. bias, schizophrenia, moral judgment, autism, and depression. Mm-hmm. And whereas they haven't been reading people's thoughts per se, they've come pretty close. Ugh. Nope. Shut it down. Effort, well, this is the worst part. Efforts to exploit pupil dilations for purposes beyond scientific research have failed. During the Cold Mm -hmm. War, Canadian government officials tried to develop a device that they called the fruit machine. Oh, God, please don't be what I think it is. It is. To detect homosexuality among civil service employees by measuring how the pupils in their eyes responded to racy images of men and women. Oh, Oh my God. Masculinity is so fucking toxic. Fucking toxic and fragile. You're making gaydar. It's it was gaydar. Oh my! The machine, which never worked, obviously, was to aid the government's purge of gay men and lesbians from the civil service, and thereby purported purportedly reduce vulnerability to Soviet blackmail. Oh my! Oh my God! Okay. Sir. Isn't that fucking gross? It's so fucking stupid. It's laughably dumb. It makes us look pathetic. Well, it's that was Canada, but I'm sure we fucking also as human beings. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, really. Oh my god, that should be its own episode. Like times where, well, I mean, obviously there are so many crimes of society and institutions against marginalized people, including the LGBTQ community and trans folks. But oh my god, (laughs) it's we should call that episode just fucking stop. Yeah, right. (laughs) Crimes. (laughs) Fucking enough. Just duh fuck. Who cares who fucks who? Yeah, Mm. seriously. Stop thinking about it. Never affects you. Yeah, Yeah. if you don't like it, don't look. Uh. So in terms of killers' eyes going black, their pupils are just really dilated because they're, like we said, aroused somehow. Last but not least, I watched an interview with a guy who had interviewed Ted Bundy Mm-hmm. Who said that even though Bundy had like bright blue eyes, they would go completely black when he was recounting the murders. Oh, Ish. God. just recounting them. Yeah, That's I remember that anecdote. Very Ugh. spoopy. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of things. It's not necessarily arousal. It's not necessarily the fight or flight thing. It's just like our brains are very complicated, and these animalistic responses to different stimuli. Mm-hmm. They go back eons, like all, all of our evolutionary mm-hmm. history. Haven't there been studies where they're like trying to track people's pupil dilations for like testing the effectiveness of like advertising and marketing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That was a big thing in the yeah. 70s. 
That was another, when they talked about exploitation of the pupillometry, that was something that they talked about a little mm-hmm. bit. But I thought the fruit machine was so disgusting. That makes me, like, literally physically mm-hmm. ill. Yeah. Well, it never, quote unquote, worked, according to this article. I don't even know what that means. Maybe right. because everyone's a little bit bisexual, at Get least. over it. Okay? It's, it's a, a spectrum. spectrum. Anyway, that was my background in psych on harbors and also black eyes. <laughs> well, I harbor a lot of admiration for you. <laughs> Good one. All right. Should we hear a quick word from our sponsors? Oh, sure. Remember sex ed? Your favorite class. Vividly. Uh, to the slideshows, my God. Uh, yeah. Well, we learned a lot about preventing pregnancy at all costs, but when it comes to planning for pregnancy, it's a bit of a mystery. Mm -hmm. So it's time for a new type of education that puts your reproductive goals front and center. Tell us more. Well, that is exactly why Modern Fertility was created. It is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You just mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Um, I love Modern Fertility. I've used them for uh, the fertility hormones tests and now they also have pregnancy tests and ovulation tests. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. helpful. So you can just get it all in one place. Um, My husband and I are trying for a baby and... Mm-hmm. It's a more confusing process than we were led to believe initially. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying for never having a baby, and I still got a lot of information out of my modern fertility yeah, test. It's just good to have that information and know what's mm-hmm. going on with your body because whether or not you want kids, you still got the hormones going on. Yep. All the stuff is there, yeah. even if I'm not using it. Right. And uh, (laughs) traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but modern fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, you can get $20 off your test. Also, Mm -hmm. if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on modern fertility. And you will get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and other important fertility factors that you should be aware of. And I love that the results really go deep into what every hormone means. Um, So you're not just getting like a printout of unintelligible. (laughs) A spreadsheet. (laughs) A very confusing map to get you the treasure (laughs) under Philadelphia. Exactly. Oh, I guess I (laughs) forgot that from when I went to med school. Never. Oh, to figure out if I can have kids, I need to steal the Declaration (laughs) of Independence. Got it. Okay. No. So the results go deep into what everything means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. So if you Mm -hmm. want kids today or just maybe one day in the future, you need information to make the decision that's best for you, and Modern Fertility gives you that. They sure do. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. 
That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. The savings. Mm -hmm. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. One more time, that's modernfertility.com slash gals. Treat your knowledge. Treat it. I know you have heard us talk about how much we love Rothy's, but what's one more time? Because <laughs> Rothy's shoes are incredibly comfortable with zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. And they have many chic styles to choose from. Rothy's shoes are the perfect way to step into the new year. They are the best. They have shoes. They have bags. They have masks. Mm -hmm. I am a walking Rothy's billboard. All the time. And I am fine with it. Yesterday, when I was waiting for my car to be repaired at the dealership, I'm in my Rothy's mask and my Rothy's shoes. And like Kenyon mentioned, Rothy's are available in a range of styles and come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. So every time you log on, they've got something new. They are amazing. And these items are made out of recycled water bottles. Right. Plastic people. So Rothy's has transformed over 70 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. I have all three mm -hmm. of these items, and they are my absolute favorites in my wardrobe. I wear them and use them every single day, and especially with the masks, it's so great to just toss them in the wash. They're amazing. Uh, he, also, like they're made out of plastic water bottles, but they don't feel like plastic. No. They're super it's so comfortable. Soft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash gals. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash gals today and treat your feet. Treat them. All right. So I have the fan pick nice. this week. Mm. And it's really good, so thank you for sending, Devin. But also got very confused because I was Googling like a typo version of this name at mm -hmm. first. So the, the person's name is William or Billy Goal, G-O-H-L. And I was Googling Grohl. <laughs> and so like literally only Dave Grohl stuff came up <laughs> for the first... I'm talking 35 pages of search results, and Perfect. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Am I being troll grohl trolled? Am I being, You're being gr rick grohl trolled? You gotta pay I the grohl toll <laughs> to get into that boy's hole. And so, finally figured it out, and then it came up very quickly, and it's a good case. So, William Billy Goal. Hmm. <laughs> Was born in Germany sometime in the mid to late 1800s. Some sources list his birth year as 1873. Others as 1860. There's no way to know. I feel you, Billy, lie about your age if you want to. Mm -hmm. So there are almost no details available about his early life in Germany, but he appears to have worked as a laborer and sailor as a young man and eventually made his way to the Yukon Territories oh. in Far Western Canada, which yes. borders present-day Alaska. I want to go to there. Yeah. So they're so big. Yeah. Yeah. I just picture Yukon Cornelius. Yes. What? He, from, from like 
that Rudolph Christmas movies. cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The like stop motion. Oh my God. Do not drink wine and then laugh and then choke because then you'll be choking forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. So the reason Billy went to the Yukon territories is because there were rumors that there was gold in them thar hills. Mm-hmm. It was like an early gold rush. Didn't work out when Billy's prospecting career proved to be unsuccessful. He settled in Aberdeen, Washington, and began working as a bartender. Cute. Oh, cute. Aberdeen, located in Gray's Harbor. Oh, there it is. All tracks. Was the largest town in the area. It had a flourishing logging and sawmill operation on the water. Logging? Yeah. Um, and the waterfront was a bustling lumber port. I'll so, show you a bustling lumber port. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it had to be said. Did it? Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Also, my mom used to live in Washington State, and the town had a, a paper mill. And my God, it stunk. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> smell so bad. Yeah. You like so bad. Knew- There's another one like up past Grand Marais into Canada mm-hmm. that we used to have to drive by when we took my sister to hacky camp. <laughs> and it fucking reeked. You like know what day in the process of making the paper yeah, they are based the on smell. like the smell. Yeah. Because yeah. like it doesn't always reek, but then every once in a while it does. Ugh. Oh, it's a processing day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. So Aberdeen was home to numerous saloons, brothels, and gambling establishments, and the town's reputation was decidedly not family friendly. Uh-oh. Mm. Much like this podcast. <laughs> much like this. Not safe for work. Log much, mill. I was about to say, much like Amanda's <laughs> bustling lumber port. <laughs> <laughs> so Aberdeen was even referred to by some as, quote, the hell hole of the Pacific. Much oh, like Amanda's lumber port. <laughs> there it is. A uh, goal who had a distinctive look. So you can go look at pictures on the drive. They'll yes. also be on the blog. I love a distinctive look. Mm. And personality almost immediately became a well-known figure in the <laughs> town. <laughs> he looks like a baby with a mustache. He does. Yeah. His face is perfectly round. Yeah. So I. This it's is what I said. Oh, round. He looks like if Caillou grew up and did hard time. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Also, wasn't um Kurt Cobain from Aberdeen? Oh, I'd have no idea. I was Speaking never of Dave like. Grohl. A person who memorized facts about Kurt Cobain, and therefore I was like kept out of Called a lot out. of fun. I feel things. attacked mm-hmm. in high school we freshman year on. because I refused. Well, um, just one seance, one yeah. time on the football field. I'm pretty sure you I still, still got invited. Harbor a lot of feelings about it. So <laughs> just because I didn't know that his daughter's name was Frances Bean or whatever. Oh so, my god. <laughs> Oh, I remember that guy. That one guy who I won't name made fun of you for not knowing that. Was it Blars Blarings or was it yeah. Bless Blarkin? Or... It was Bless Blarkin. Knew it. Yeah, he was a real <laughs> dick about that. Oh well, I, I didn't blamed, know it either. I blamed Bliss Blarings. Yeah, Bliss Blarings oh. was really the mm. culprit there. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so back to goal. Bliss oh right. Blarings. <laughs> 
He was short but exceedingly muscular with a mustache and almost perfectly round head that he always kept shaved. It must be buoyant. That's how round it is. Yeah. It looks like a balloon. It does. So... Billy also <gasps> He's my loved dad. to gab. He would talk the ear off of anyone who came into his bar, often boasting of his illegal activities. According to one source, never boast of your illegal activities yeah, just to a stranger. Quote, you'd start chatting with Billy about the weather, and the next thing you knew, he was launched into a recital about a house he had burgled, a hotel he had burned, a ship he had pirated, a man he had murdered, or a deer he had shot out of season. And okay. I like how that's the Settle order. Down. The yeah. worst <laughs> thing you can do is really shoot stuff. a deer not in deer hunting season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and indeed, in the years that Billy was living in Aberdeen, the already sky-high crime rate seems to have increased. But mm-hmm. who really knows? It was just like a sketchy area full of like underemployed single men. So... Yeah. Yeah. High crime area. Right. Not family friendly. During his time as a bartender, it is widely believed that Billy mugged and murdered numerous migrant workers whose bodies would later wash up on shore, stripped of any valuables they had arrived with. And everyone was a migrant worker, basically. So, like, that just means, like, newcomers to town. Mm -hmm. Great. Thus, Aberdeen was given a new nickname, the Port of Missing Men. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's they that don't leaves, sugarcoat it, do yep, they? Leaves very little to the imagination. Got it. Then in 1908, 19- when you're here, you're missing at Apple. <laughs> when you're here, you won't be here for long. <laughs> Bottomless graves. <laughs> Amanda's hellhole lumber port. There it is. <laughs> when, when you're, you're here, here you, you, you're missing. You go missing. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda's lumber port is just a gateway to hell. It's just a portal. I'm fine with that. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> then in 1903, Billy stopped working as a bartender and became a union official oh, for the Sailors God. Union of the Pacific, or SUP. SUP. <laughs> His intimidating appearance and reputation for violence were highly effective tools for recruiting new union members. So basically, you know, he would threaten to rough up anyone who would refuse to join the union Mm -hmm. and then, you know, who was willing to, like, work for lower wages or whatever. Any scabs, basically, he would, like, intimidate. He began using the union building as the site for his crimes. Mm. When a sailor arrived in Aberdeen's port, one of his first stops in town would be the union office. And that's because the office served as like a post office slash bank also oh. okay. for people. Because they're always moving around. Yeah. They're, all, they're sailors. Yeah. They're coming and going. So it was where they would collect their mail and also they would set aside their like earnings in a savings account because they were all, you know, paid in cash. They would, like, it was common for them to disembark from their ship. They'd been months at sea, mm-hmm. you know, working, whatever. They get paid all at once for all these months of work in cash. And then this town has a horrible crime rate, so they don't want to be walking around with buttholes of cash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
buttholes of cash. <laughs> buttholes of cash. <laughs> Boatloads, buttholes. Oh my god. The whole thing. So they would go to the, the union office, <laughs> put their money in there, get their mail, whatever, send out a telegram, who knows. And Billy would be the one working there. According to local lore, sailors would arrive at the office to find Billy working alone. Gold would strike up a casual conversation with the sailor in order to ascertain the amount of money and valuables he was likely to have on him, as well as whether the sailor had any friends or family in the town. Oh. Anyone who would miss them, basically. Oh. I just texted you a side-by-side photo of this guy and my dad. He does kind of look like if your dad <laughs> was tough. My dad used to have a mustache. Yeah. And he's he Dave Grohl. Just an older version. Yeah. Their heads, it's the heads, really. Yeah, it's the heads. Your dad had a very round a, head. A literal basketball. And your nieces have round heads yeah, like your It dad. runs in the family. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's so, all. That's all. <laughs> that's your what dad I've been working on man. over here. Yeah. Your sweet, sweet, kind, gentle father <laughs> is this man. Looks like this murderer. What? Hey, my dad's a serial killer. It's fine. That's yeah. accurate. He probably so, killed my dad, honestly. <gasps> <laughs> oh my God. I'll text him right now and ask. Yeah, will you? If it seemed to Billy slash your dad like the sailor had something in his possession worth stealing and was just passing through and unlikely to be missed by anyone immediately, Billy would shoot him and then strip the body of valuables and dump it in the Wishka River. When you hear, can- you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> the river <laughs> conveniently ran directly behind the Union building and emptied into Gray's Harbor. Oh, so that it was is just convenient. Like a very nice spot <laughs> for disposing of what front property is so hard to come by these days. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the details of Gold's murders come from legends that have been passed down through the years. So some sources claim that he actually rigged up a chute concealed beneath a trap door so like an hh holmes or yeah or like sweeney todd yeah, I was gonna say an engineer the meat pie guy we're really into shoots mm-hmm. body shoots inside the union building <laughs> i think i'm into body shoots i think i'm into body shoots. <laughs> and decoy ducks and body suits oh hmm. definitely body suits Others describe a small launch that he would use to propel the bodies directly into the harbor. Oh. These are these are probably just rumors. He catapulted that have been made the up. corpses. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that's fact because <laughs> wow, because you want it. To I be. want that to be real. <laughs> that atrocity. <laughs> I just think that he probably didn't have the need. He was really muscular. Mm-hmm. Like this man can. Throw a body in a river no. if he wants to. Work harder, not smarter. He's a union guy. You got to innovate. It's the other way. Smarter, not harder. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's the other way around. I'm great at this. You get Work it. Work harder, not smarter, you know? I clearly am not <laughs> learning those teachings properly. <laughs> the 40-day work week. Yeah. <laughs> For all. <laughs> So between 1909 and 1912, local law enforcement pulled 41, quote, floaters out of Gray's Harbor. Okay. 41. 
41 in three years. Floaters. My God. And unfortunately, there's no data available for 1903 to 1908, which is the first six years that Billy worked for the union. So it was death more than that. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't know for sure. These bodies became known in Aberdeen as the, quote, floater fleet. (gasps) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) That's dark. (laughs) That triggers an image of... Like when we did the the lumberjacks and we talked about how they float the logs down the river to the paper mill. Mm -hmm. That, but just dead bodies. And Mm -hmm. nobody having fun and like running and jumping on them. No, Mm -hmm. none of the fun Mm -hmm. stuff. Most of the bodies found in the harbor were believed to be merchant seamen. Mm. Probably. (laughs) Low hanging. Not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Seamen. She's exploding. (laughs) Probably to throw suspicion off of himself, Billy Gold began loudly and publicly criticizing Aberdeen law enforcement, demanding that they investigate and apprehend the killer Mm. and that they provide more protection for his men who were clearly being targeted. Yeah, he's trying to hide in plain sight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know that game, honey. Don't try to pull Mm -hmm. that game on me. Who farted? Right. (laughs) <laughs> wow, it smells so bad. That person must be really embarrassed. <laughs> wow. I saw a thing on Instagram or something, and it was like a room full of like doctor students. <laughs> and there's a surgeon performing surgery, and all these students were like watching him. And the surgeon goes, who farted? Nobody said anything, and he goes, I need to know who farted. I might have perforated a bowel. (laughs) (laughs) One of the students like, I farted. It was me. (laughs) I might have perforated a bowel. I need to know who farted. (laughs) (laughs) I might have perforated. This man's life is in your hands, farter. (laughs) If somebody's life was in your hands and you had to admit to a fart in a room full of your colleagues... I don't even need anyone's life to be in my hands to admit to a fart in a room full (laughs) of my colleagues. You're asking the wrong person. This bitch has no shame. I offer that information up very willingly, (laughs) and you should know this by now. You would announce it even though the three of us are in three separate states, and it's a podcast. It's coming. Oh, God. Okay. So he's, he's doing, he's trying to, you know, pull this, outrage thing the dead bodies continue to regularly show up in the harbor the floaters Mm -hmm. there are two versions of the story of how billy gold finally came to be arrested i'm gonna tell you the first one and then the second one is my favorite okay (laughs) first version involves a sailor named john kleinenberg who after acting as an accomplice to goal in the murder of a man named charles hatberg became afraid for his own life and attempted to flee on a ship to Mexico. And then he was apprehended and brought back where he confessed to being present for the murder of Hatburg and to shooting and killing another man, John Hoffman. Uh, the following day, on Gull's orders, because they believed him to be a witness to their crime. So in the first version, an accomplice freaks out, runs away, comes back, confesses to witnessing and taking part in murders sure. on his behalf okay wah wah checks out 
boring, but all right, it gets the job wah, done. Wah, boring. <laughs> Fucking boring. In the second version of the story. Here we go. Grohl, which I mistyped, Goal, <laughs> is arrested after a sloppy mistake. Oh. Makes it all too clear that he is guilty of murder. I love a sloppy mistake. I love when people just end up being fucking idiots. Oh, my God. At the end of the movie, The Frozen Ground that I was watching, when Mm -hmm. Robert Mm -hmm. Hansen just screams, you, he, he, there was one survivor and she's the reason he got caught. Mm -hmm. And he saw her in, in, this is in the movie. I'm sure this did not happen. He saw her in the interrogation room and he goes, you cunt, I should have killed you when I had the chance. Mm-hmm. And that's Famous. how the movie ended. And I just mm-hmm. screamed at the TV, you fucking stupid idiot. <laughs> he could have gotten away with it. Yeah. Anyway. I think there was enough evidence at that point, but there was that one brave survivor. And I think he did break down under uh, questioning. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that movie is great. And that story is fucking chilling. And it is packed. It's an all-star cast. Mm -hmm. 50 Cent is in it. I've never seen this. I need to see it. It's on Netflix. Okay. Run, don't walk. Okay, so second version of the story. (laughs) Sloppy mistake. In this version, Goal, as he had done many times before, had shot and killed a newly arrived sailor and was searching his body for valuables when he found a pocket watch engraved with the name August Schluter. Oh, oh. God. He's loot. Don't ever looter the Schluter. Mm-hmm. It's a bad idea. <laughs> Billy decided it would be too risky to try to keep the watch in his possession or shoot. to try to sell it because it had this name on it. Mm-hmm. So instead, he left the watch on the body which he then dumped in the river. When the body came ashore in the harbor some days later, Billy was there as usual, demanding that law enforcement find the killer of his, of his union men. Schluter. Oh, poor By Schluter. Th- My dear Schluter. By this time, he claimed to recognize the body as the man he had spoken to in the union office, August Schluter. But unfortunately for Billy, it soon became clear to investigators that this was, in fact, the body of a Danish sailor named Fred Nielsen, and August Schluter was simply the name of the watchmaker. <gasps> oh my god, it's oh. like in Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Samsonite! Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's totally Samsonite. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. wow. And only the killer would know the name of the the brand oh, engraved on the dead man's up. watch. Wow. I love that. So Goal was arrested for the murder. What both these versions of Goal's arrest have in common is that he was apprehended and charged for the murder of just one person, one man, although he is suspected to have committed at least 41 murders and according to some estimates, as many as 124. <gasps> Whoa. Where do you find the time seriously mm-hmm. either way billy goal was sentenced to life in prison at walla walla state penitentiary but he was eventually transferred to an asylum for the criminally insane and this was likely the result of his untreated syphilis mm. which is a whole nother episode and a whole can of worms syphilis is wild bonks. yeah untreated syphilis is robot lots of illustrations of that in my that book you got for me, Kenyon, for my birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Sick Rose. In your harbor crimes notes when you got bored learning about harbors. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to know about the black eyes. 
Mm-hmm. I know. I'm glad you covered it. Thank you. So, Billy died there in 1927 of pneumonia, but he lived on as a legend, and his name was became known as the Ghoul of Gray's Harbor. Oh, get it? Because okay. his last name. Goal, is, instead of, and now it's Ghoul. Yeah, get it. But I do get you get it, it though? I, mm-hmm. I get it. Sweet. Sweet. Or so the story goes. Oh, we've got a twist, twist, people. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. He was alive like one of those creeps living in your attic when you don't know they're in your attic. And he was up there for years. We have to do the people in the walls episode, though. We really do. (laughs) Some believe he changed his name to Mike Jacobson. (laughs) (laughs) Moved to the East Coast. Okay. All of this is legit. In just the the past year, there has been a serious reconsideration of the legacy of Billy Goal as the result of a new book by history professor Aaron Goings titled The Port of Missing Men, Billy Goal, Labor, and Brutal Times in the Pacific Northwest. Titled, I'm Goings to change your mind about this. (laughs) What's the goings on? (laughs) Many people are goings missing. Mm-hmm. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Si se puede. <laughs> si lo se puede. You're a fine girl. You're a fine girl. So through meticulous research into historical records, Goings suggests that there is actually very little evidence to support the claim that Billy Gole was a murderer, but a whole lot of evidence showing him to be a committed labor activist. Oh, my oh. God. No, he was good the whole time. So Goings' interest in Billy Gole goes back to 2001 when he was working on his Ph.D. in labor history and noticed a headline in a 1911 newspaper that read, Businessmen Helped Convict Gole. Oh, <gasps> my God. He was oh. set up because he was fighting for the people, mm-hmm. for the working man. Shit. The article revealed that a private agency called the Thiel Detective Services had been hired to investigate Billy for murder. This is, they're kind of like the Pinkertons. Mm, if you've heard mm-hmm, of the Pinkertons, mm-hmm. who are actually like really horrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should listen to the dollop. They have an episode about the Pinkertons and how fucking awful they were. Mm. So, Thiel was uh, often hired by business owners in order to infiltrate and break up labor movements. And it's kind of just like we were talking about with the FBI and the yep. Hoover episode, trying to break up the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Like they'd infiltrate, they'd try to get dirt on people, they'd try to cause infighting, all that shit. Union-busting bastards. Mm -hmm. So with this article as the starting point, Goings spent years researching the possibility that rather than a mass murderer, Gole may have been victim to a plot by local business interests who felt threatened by his effective recruiting and organizing for the Sailors Union. Oh my God. Do you think they gave him syphilis too, just to make him go a little mad over time so that he would hold up their story? I don't think you probably had to give anyone syphilis back then <laughs> in this town. Listen. This town of single sailors. When you and hear your syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> Get syphilis, you I, go missing. It's the full experience. I, Applebee's. I think, it, I think it was part and the parcel of the time and place. <laughs> As Goings puts it, Quote, of all the convicted murderers in the region's early history, Goal was the only one capable of shutting down the highly profitable Grays Harbor lumber trade. Wow. Wow. In his description. (laughs) 
Aberdeen in the early 1900s was a place where working conditions were abysmal and workplace accidents caused injury and death. They were almost a daily occurrence. The town, much like a lot of factories today, Mm -hmm. the town's major industries of logging and sawmilling were among the most dangerous in the nation and conditions on the waterfront were also notoriously unsafe. Accidents aboard ships and falls from docks and log rafts were common. And then further worsening the problem was alcoholism and suicide, which were also rampant. Mm. So, like, there's a lot of fucking reasons that there would be a lot of fucking A lot bodies. of dudes floating around in this harbor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lots Soup's of floaters. fair. Lots of floaters in that fleet. Yeah. So when Goings dug into Aberdeen's historical archives, what he found was ample evidence that Billy Gold was one of the most vocal critics of these unsafe conditions and he was elected twice as president of the local labor council by his fellow union members and he led multiple campaigns to force ship captains to follow workplace safety laws Mm -hmm. he also had a reputation as a community activist who fought to make the local waterfront safer and improve living conditions of the working class Mm. he was bernie sanders yeah billy sanders bald bernie (laughs) After Gohl was arrested and charged with one murder in 1910, it seems he became the focus of a targeted media campaign by local business owners to basically blame him for the town's entire history of violence and death. Wow. So just any dead body, they were like, it was Billy Gohl. Mm-hmm. And this campaign was extremely effective despite only ever being charged with one murder. Gold quickly became known in the area as one of the nation's most brutal serial killers. And he's still listed as such on like Murderpedia and all over the place. Goings writes that, quote, the myth of Billy Gold, the mass murderer, has proved remarkably resilient and rare indeed is the person who, when asked about their knowledge of Billy Gold, fails to mention the term serial killer. Wow. But Gold was a militant labor leader and local bosses saw him as a dangerously effective enemy who needed to be silenced. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. He needed to be shaved. (laughs) Shaved. (laughs) Whether Billy Gold was really the ghoul of Grays Harbor or the target of a sinister plot to destroy his name may still be up for debate, but it's clear that he will live on in local legend for years to come. Wow. Years to come. Billy Joel. <laughs> Billy Joel. Who would have thought? The Billy working Joel man. Such a history. The working man's entertainer, Billy <laughs> Joel. <laughs> and that's my case. Wow. Nice job. Well done. Yeah. He looks Can't too Billy much for all the floaters. No. I would also be shocked if a single murderer, Billy or otherwise, did that much damage in one area, like one, in one town? town. Yeah, That's that would be a lot of not. I mean, cops are useless, so like maybe, but that's a lot of not paying attention and did, just letting things slide. Did you say into that the, the murders stopped when he went to into the psych ward or wherever the the jail? I don't think there's good enough data to really know because I think they basically just were like. How many dead bodies were found in the last three years? 41? Great. Billy killed 41 people. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And people are still going to keep dying even after he goes away. Of course. Because it's just bad. Because of syphilis. bad crime and bad safety. Yeah, exactly. 
Wow. So I don't know. Maybe he was a murderer. Maybe he maybe he killed one person. Maybe he killed a couple people. I don't think he killed 124. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people. Some people suggest. Maybe he didn't kill anyone. Maybe, maybe. he just was maligned maybe by he's rich my dad. people. I think yeah. he's Mike Jacobson. Think so. There's no way to know. I'm a little attracted to him. Not your dad, but to Billy. Well, that's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have the hots for Caillou. Get it. <laughs> Just mildly. Great. That's Shall okay. we hear a word from our sponsors? <laughs> so you we guys can always other me <laughs> when I say I have the hots for someone, but when for Amanda Caillou. says she has the hots for Mitt Romney. It's just accepted. Yeah, but Mitt Romney's actually hot. Caillou is not hot. <laughs> Lucy's dad, actually hot. Stop it! Caillou, <laughs> I'm gonna other hot. you. <laughs> We're gonna hear a word from our sponsor. I can't believe I, I just being other. I am you very a picture comfortable of my over dad to yeah, DJ too. That was really risky. good picture too. Oh like, god, really I'm taking it good. off the drive right now. Too late. I screenshotted it. Ew. <laughs> It's your background on your computer. <laughs> that is gross. I Too late. Like I, I don't like it. Let's move on. Word from our sponsor. Here we go. Framebridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. That is my favorite thing is to not leave the house. Mm-hmm. You can add a gallery wall to your home. Hello. Check, check, check. Mm -hmm. Or send the perfect gift from art prints and diplomas to the photos sitting on your phone. You can frame bridge just about anything. You guys, I'm completely obsessed with frame bridge. Every single frame in my house is from frame bridge. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was a hardcore fan long before they advertised on this show. And I will sing their praises forever. Every single wall mm-hmm. in my home has a frame bridge piece. So Yeah, you're the one who like showed me the light about frame bridge. I'll never go back. Yeah, it's the best way to frame everything you have. So here's a reminder how it works. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. And that packaging is really well designed. I was mm-hmm. skeptical at first because when you're mailing in like a one of a kind item, you know, you're kind of it's scary. It's a little bit scary, but mm-hmm. I have done countless Framebridge pieces and every single one has arrived safely, has come back in pristine condition. My mind is totally at ease now. You can preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts, which is super helpful. And I love that feature. Yeah, it's really well done. As a clutter core gal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really helpful. And you can choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. And the experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. These are quality pieces. Like, they, mm-hmm. they're just great. Instead of the hundreds that you'd pay at a framing store, their pieces start at $39. Uh, Hi. And all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use that code GALS, G-A-L-S. It's the best. And when they say ready to hang, like literally everything but the hammer, it's all there. Yeah. It's ready to go. It's great. You don't have so to gets- search around for like the right nail yes. or the right wire or whatever. And I'm never going to get the right nail or the right wire. No. Ever. No. No. 
So get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code GALS. One more time, that's framebridge.com, promo code GALS, and treat you walls. Treat them. So you know we're all fighting right now against boredom. Yes. Just limitless tragic boredom boredom. soul sucking boredom (laughs) but you know what helps me get out of that funk Hmm. best fiends oh yeah yeah because best fiends gives an endless source of fun that i can access anytime right on my phone best fiends is a match three puzzle game like none other with literally thousands of levels and new content added all the time as you know i've been playing for a while now I'm a little bit obsessed, Mm -hmm. and I'm all right with that. And it's so cute right now because they just did their, like, Valentine's Day update. Yes. And so you can collect Valentines, and they're, like, it's all, like, cute little themed worlds for Valentine's Day, and I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Um, I know that I bring this up every time that Josh Hallmark from True Crime BS has completely surpassed me in every way, shape, and form. I am on level 1,442 right now. <laughs> I struggled with 1441, and I finally passed it nice. today. And it was like, Congrats. it was like a rush of endorphins yeah. and joy, which are so lacking in the world today. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, I don't know if I'll ever catch up to Josh, but that fun, friendly competition where you're like connected with your friends on Facebook also makes the game that much more fun. Mm-hmm. It's the best. And like I said, with Best Fiends, there's something new today, tomorrow, every day after that. There are literally thousands of levels to play and counting. There are tons of cute characters to collect. You will never get tired of solving the puzzles. And with Best Fiends, the fun just never ends. Just don't come blame me if you become slightly obsessed, okay? Because it's just that good. I mean, it's okay to be obsessed with something that brings you limitless joy. So That's true. You're right. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Online shopping can be daunting, mm-hmm. okay? You don't know if things will fit. Returns uh, are the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And you just don't really know what store to start with Mm because there's like too many options. Mm -hmm. So this season, let's Stitch Fix do all the hard work. I just got set up with them. This is my first time having a subscription service like this, and I am never going to go back. Yeah, it's pretty great. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. It's a completely different and fun way to find clothes that you will love to wear. I just did Stitch Fix to, um, I, you know, put in things about my lifestyle. Basically, I never leave my house. Comfort is super important to me, and I Mm -hmm. pretty much only wear black. And (laughs) they were like, cool, no problem. And they sent me this box of great, fabulous stuff. I never take off the particular like sweater that they sent me I'm wearing it right now Mm -hmm. one of Mm -hmm. the shirts that they sent me my husband randomly like turned to me the other day and goes you look very svelte hi okay hey (laughs) thank you stitch fix so we can attest every piece is chosen for your fit and your life and is the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best try on pieces at home before you buy 
keep what you love and return what you don't. And Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included so you don't need to like find a box or whatever. It's just, it's so simple. Oh, that is the best. Yeah. Yeah. There's no subscription required, so you can try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll just pay a $20 styling fee for each box, and then that gets credited towards the pieces that you keep. So there are no hidden fees ever. I love that it's not like a set subscription, so you can do it as often or... You know, whatever fits your lifestyle. How often you I set clothes. mine up seasonally, so I get one like every ninety days, just in time for the weather to like start shifting. That's so great! I love that a little yeah. a little refresh for the season. Yes, little treat. Yeah. I love it. And Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, kids, everything in between. They ship all over the U.S. and are available in the U.K. as well. Oh, that's exciting! I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get started today at stitchfix.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Mm-hmm. That's stitchfix.com slash gals for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. One more time, stitchfix.com slash gals. Treat your wardrobe. Treat it. North Lake Shipyard is located in Seattle, Washington. Shipyard. Mm-hmm. Shipyard. And harbors and repairs vessels of all kinds. From luxury yachts to those big-ass commercial ships. There are photos on the drive. Those big-ass commercial ships. Lifestyles of the rich and harbors. (laughs) It's a freshwater harbor. Lifestyles of the ports and harbors. Of the ports and harbors. It's a freshwater harbor located on a canal that connects Puget Sound to Lake Washington with the smaller Lake Union in the middle to be able to like support this larger operation. Other than that sweet, sweet boat action, North Lake Shipyard had been pretty much drama free for, for most of its history. That is until November 3rd, 1999, when a man in head to toe camouflage and sunglasses like calmly it. walked in. No, yeah, already no, hate it. Well, as well you should. Calmly walked in and shot four employees at the boat repair company, killing two of them and injuring the other two. God. Those killed were 27-year-old bookkeeper Peter Giles, who had been working there literally since he was 12. <gasps> oh, my His God. uncles owned the shipyard, and he used to, like, go on... Sh- he was, like, always in love with fishing and he would like work on the boats. He became like a boat captain at the age of 20. And then he also took up some office duties. Oh. And so he was also bookkeeping for the company. And 43-year-old Marine engineer Russell Brizendine. The man was well disguised and nobody at the scene recognized who he was or could figure out why on earth he would do this and then just take off running. Did he have a perfectly round, bald head and a mustache? <laughs> oh. Maybe, but no. Goal is like the D.B. Cooper of, Mm -hmm. oh, wait, this is in the 90s. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was he really old with (laughs) a perfectly round? Was he a reanimated corpse? (laughs) Was he about 120 years old? I mean, (laughs) he was just there to check the conditions as the union rep. So the scene was harrowing. One employee recalled in an interview, quote, there were bodies all over the place and gunpowder was still in the air. Mm. All I saw was smoke and a lot of blood. I heard Russ, that's Russell Brizendine, screaming, help me. And I found him hanging out the window. 
Like he was he trying had... to get away. Oh, God. Another employee working in an office across the hall saw a lot of the scene play out before her through the glass window. She noted that he, the man who walked in, appeared strange, saying, quote, he came in calmly, which Ick. like gave me chills when I read this. Ugh. Though employees were not able to identify the gunman like directly, witnesses did get the vehicle that he fled in and were able to provide a basic description of this person. So with this information, a possible person of interest was identified and investigators began an immediate manhunt, releasing statements to Seattle residents to shelter in place and schools to lock down. Oof. Like this was 1999. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like residual, like Columbine, mm -hmm. like really scary. Like This would be scary no matter what. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew where this person went, where they were. Really what they There's look like. just... Yeah, what they look like. There's just a gunman. No motive, in nothing. Camo. Yeah, they can't identify an exact motive. Like, it's just someone with a gun who just shot four people Ugh. running around Seattle. So, like, the whole city basically locked down. They did bring an individual in for questioning the next day, but he was released within an hour. So, it was surmised that he was not their man, mm -hmm. and the search continued. In fact, the search continued for two months before a lead in the case came through. Mm. A man named Tim Walter found a suspiciously abandoned backpack in Gasworks Park, which is a large park. And it's like a they is it a Tim park was um, or is it like a no, it's a park like Tim was uh, described as a mountain biker. So it's like maybe not a park with like a playground that kids play in. Mm hmm. But it's like a large recreational. Yeah. What a we, name. We Gas have Gasworks Gas Park. Works Park. We have Waterworks Park here in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit better than Gasworks Park. I don't I, like Gasworks. It's making your gas work. Like my lumber yard. Right. <laughs> but this park is located directly next to the shipyard. Mm. And they were doing a manhunt for two months. So it's like, I'm not sure if this backpack was dropped there right after the shooting or if the shooter circled back to ditch mm. it there. But, like, anytime I hear details like this, I'm just like, what the fuck? Why are cops so useless? Like, it was just right well, there. Well, maybe right it had door. just been dropped there, but yeah. I mean, maybe, but they're useless anyway. But the backpack was lined with, like, tinfoil and contained a gun matching the description of the weapon used in the shooting, ammunition, mm -hmm. and loose clothing. So, like, a change of clothes. Ugh. Mm -hmm. So, Tim, he left the backpack there in the park. And went to the police to tell them what he'd found so that he wasn't fucking with the backpack. Like, That's he didn't smart. want to touch it. Good job, Tim. Very smart. So police collected the evidence and preliminary ballistics tests matched the shell casings found at the scene with this 9mm handgun that was found in the backpack. The gun was registered to a man named David Anderson, but David had reported the gun stolen a few months earlier. Fortunately, David was confident that he knew who had stolen the gun. His former roommate, Kevin Cruz. Mm. Police arrested Kevin on January 4th, 2000. And upon detention, Kevin did admit that the backpack was his, but also claimed it had been stolen. Oh, yeah. This back, this tinfoil backpack, backpack? Yeah. with uh, <laughs> the gun that I stole from my roommate. Yeah, someone stole that from me. Yeah, so he's, like, hinting that he wasn't responsible for its contents, that, like, someone took the backpack a while ago and filled it with stuff on their own. Next time we go on tour, I'm going to wrap your uh, Black Phillip backpack <laughs> in tinfoil. Yes. <laughs> on the inside, though. On the inside. 
So this was not compelling enough to avoid charges, and Kevin Cruz was charged with two counts of aggravated murder in the first degree and two counts of attempted murder in the first degree. DNA testing of the contents of the backpack later found Kevin Cruz's DNA on all of the items inside. So, like, even this loose, I'm telling you, baby, it's not mine yeah. kind of situation right. <laughs> did not hold up. I don't know where those came from. Does he have any, like, connection to the the people that he killed? Like, I yep. don't, okay. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. So Kevin uh, was originally from Guam and had a history of challenges and struggles with mental health. This is a quote from the Seattle Times, quote, as a child, Cruz was beaten regularly by his stepfather Mm. to protect him. Cruz's mother sent him back to Guam, which was his birthplace. When Cruz returned to the States, he became involved in drugs and drinking, later marrying, divorcing and being convicted of a hit and run assaults, escape and obstructing police. Okay. So around 1991, Cruz began acting bizarrely, hearing voices, mm. seeing things that weren't there and lining the walls of his room with foil so no one could spy on him. Mm. Around that time, Cruz was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Mm. In court, his defense team, led by Eric Lindell, alleged that the DNA evidence of the backpack was mishandled and that witnesses could not identify the shooter as Kevin Cruz, even attempting to point the finger at another suspect entirely. This is from court records that I read through today. Quote, Cruz next contends that the trial court improperly excluded other suspect evidence. The defense sought to introduce evidence that Carrie Pinard, a convicted felon whose height and weight match the initial descriptions of the shooter and who generally wears a baseball cap, was in the area of the shipyard at the time of the shooting and would admit to using disguises when committing previous crimes. Okay, that's also very flimsy. It is. So although this, this man quote, generally wears a baseball cap. Right. And <laughs> might have been around here. Yeah. Although this other suspect couldn't account for their whereabouts at the time of the shooting, the motive simply did not exist. For Cruz, however, it did. Mm. Cruz was a former employee of North Lake Shipyard, doing odd jobs around the yard for several months before being fired in January of 1999. Okay. He didn't have a great experience there, feeling like he never fit in with the rest of the staff. And all of this was compounded by an insurance claim that he had submitted for workers comp, which was rejected by North Lake Shipping, which like, yes, that sucks. And having dealt with some workers comp shit before as a restaurant manager, insurance companies almost always automatically reject the first submitted claim Mm -hmm. as just like a deterrent. Yeah, it's not like you as the employer reject the claim. It's the insurance. Exactly. And I mean, as an employer, you can absolutely be like not supportive of it and be Mm -hmm. shitty. And the insurance companies are shitty. Like it's a shitty workers comp is a shitty process. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that he was working there doing odd jobs for like four months. Mm -hmm. There's no way an insurance company is going to immediately accept a workers comp insurance claim on an employee that like has not been invested in and hasn't been with the company very long. He doesn't even go here. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Especially doing odd jobs around the shipyard, which I feel like, I mean, anything can happen when you're doing odd jobs. Like, you can, that's inherently kind of risky. It is. It just, it, it can really suck. And it just, it didn't pan out. They rejected the claim. Cruz was also not able to provide an alibi for the morning of the shootings other than, quote, I was walking around Seattle. Honey, no. honey bear, say yeah. nothing rather than saying that. Yeah, yeah, really. That is basically a confession. Mm-hmm. 
So the question of whether or not Kevin Cruz was the shooter was pretty easy for a jury to answer. He was found guilty on all charges and faced either life in prison without possibility of parole or the death penalty. Mm. Folks were split on which punishment was appropriate, and obviously the victim's families have the biggest stake in the sentencing. Jim Brizendine, Russell's father, advocated for the death penalty leading up to the sentencing hearing. He said in an interview after Cruz's conviction, quote, I'm relieved, that's for sure. Personally, I think he should get the death penalty. I hate to see it for his mother and sister, but I just think something needs to be done. And I'm not going to... We'll get to Yeah. So defense attorney Tony Savage pleaded with the jury at the sentencing hearing to have mercy on Cruz's life, even openly crying himself in the courtroom. The defense attorney did? Yeah. Damn. That's maybe not super professional. No, it's not. But it also makes me wonder, like, he must have had either he's a really fucking slimy defense attorney, like Better Call Saul level actor who's faking it, Hmm. or he actually really felt compelled to save this guy's life mm-hmm. because it's not well, professional like to openly... he's also been diagnosed with schizophrenia right so he's not his uh, anyone that's lining their walls with tinfoil right is probably is not... not doesn't have like the greatest grip on reality sure yeah. they Should could be exactly. a candidate for the death penalty mm-hmm. they could be a candidate for like congress oh yeah nowadays <laughs> Ooh, that bitch got stripped of her committees. Mm -hmm. That was like the greatest bit of news to come in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. From the Seattle Times, quote, Savage's voice cracked and he faltered as he discussed Cruz's mental illness and asked the jury to decide whether life in prison wasn't more appropriate for him than death. Mm -hmm. Outside the courtroom, he said the death penalty has no place in civilized society, which we all know I agree with. Mm hmm. The jury also heard over two hours of audio footage from a psychiatric evaluation of Cruz conducted by the state. The psychiatrist testified at the sentencing hearing that Cruz was indeed suffering from mental illness, but in his opinion, Cruz's condition wasn't severe enough to eliminate the death penalty, Mm -hmm. and so it stayed on the table. This is from the Kitsap Sun. Quote, the 12-person jury deliberated for about four hours Friday, a day after Cruz, a paranoid schizophrenic, gave a rambling disjointed speech in which he maintained his innocence and said he wasn't asking for mercy. Mm-hmm. When the jury was dismissed to deliberate, they could not reach a unanimous decision. The jury split eight to four in favor of the death penalty, but in accordance with Washington state law, failure to reach an, a unanimous decision faults uh, defaults against the death penalty. That's good. That is good. So Cruz was sentenced to life without parole Defense attorney Eric Lindell said after sentencing, quote, I think he saved his own life, whether he knows it or not. He stood up there and people saw the extent of his mental illness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Russ Bizdean's father, who had been in favor of the death penalty, didn't give a response. His mother, Renee, however, stated, quote, he was guilty and that was the most important decision. Mm -hmm. Um, George Giles, the father of Peter Giles, the the 27-year-old who was killed, said he wished the jury had sentenced Cruz to death, but added, quote, they've reached their verdict and we can live with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll end this just by saying I could obviously soapbox all day about my opposition to the death penalty, but I also can't possibly blame the families of victims of crimes like this. Right. For like... Senseless 
right. murders of yeah their family it's members. It's really hard when you're sitting in these courtrooms day after day and like watching all the testimony and having to relive this over and over again. I can imagine I have not been in this position, but to not to separate your emotional attachment and like your human desire for some sort of like eye for an eye. Right. But I think at the end of the day, personally, this went the way that it should have. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I think the death penalty is inhumane. But that's what I got to say about that. I'm not going to uh, like go after these families for advocating for it in this case. And we need better mental health services and we need gun control. I mean, he mm-hmm. stole the gun from like a licensed gun owner, but Well, yeah, yes. but maybe if that gun owner couldn't. Or had to, you know, if there were stricter rules about right. having Storage that gun or- locked up, mm-hmm. it'd be harder to steal. Yeah. And if there were, you know, laws in place that held the original gun owner liable for having a gun stolen. Yeah, it they'd probably be stored, way more careful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. I do not disagree. Uh, well. So there's a really sad case. To end on. Uh, to end on, you know, Real I like sad. when uh, I like when Candy and I can switch roles and I can ruin your day. I have um, a but quick did he have black terrible. eyes? I know I have a quick <laughs> harbor anecdote that's Ooh. like creepy and it's not uplifting by any means, but it's not throw that distraction in yeah. there, girl. And okay. I have a joke for when you're done. Oh, oh my god, great. it's only been a hundred and twelve episodes. Yeah, well, since we did that last. <laughs> um, so I've been reading about uh, the Mayflower a lot and like yeah. listening to a lot of podcasts, whatever, because I've gotten back on that genealogy train mm-hmm. and read that the people, the members of the Mayflower, like when they first came ashore near Cape Cod Harbor. Mm-hmm. They were desperate for food, and they were like looking around, and they started digging up various mounds and stuff, and found corn that the Native Americans were storing in various pots and areas for mm-hmm. winter. So they like stole all this corn, and then they also started digging up graves and different oh, like burial sites and stealing shit from the Native Americans' graves. Oh, my God. That was, like, useful to them. So, like, bits of metal and, like, weapons and whatever. So they were buried with stuff. Yeah. People, that was part of know. their tradition. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the pilgrims just were grave robbers. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Colonizers gonna colonize. Yeah. So <laughs> add that into your Thanksgiving celebrations. Yeah. Just the, the pilgrims stealing from dead wampanoags the birth of colonial america is such a touching tale mm-hmm. i thought that <laughs> was gonna be a fun a anecdote oh god yeah. <laughs> look i'm doing my best okay <laughs> that's what i got okay Quick anecdote i have grave robbing pilgrim ancestors <laughs> who came over on the yeah one hour. of them was like your 12 greats aunts. <laughs> my 12th, one of my 12th great grandfathers was on the Mayflower, Thomas Rogers, and he died in the first sickness. My God. The first well, I'm about sickness? to die in this sickness. Can I just tell my joke so we can be done? Yes, yes. please. <laughs> oh, shit. I just shook out a wasp nest. Hold on. 
What? Oh, on Animal Crossing. I was like, so I had to cut co- I had to concentrate. Okay. Yeah, are you okay? Yeah, I got it. I'm not a rookie. Can't die in this game. You can faint and get sent back to your house. But I haven't done that in a long time. Anyway, did you hear that the inventor of Velcro died? No. How? No. R.I.P. Oh my god. <laughs> Stupid. Wow. All Good. right job um <laughs> thanks for listening everyone thank you to our fan picker devin hales and thank you for listening and we're sorry we appreciate <laughs> you and yes we're sorry watch for those black eyes bye mm. see you next week Bye-bye. thanks for listening to wine and crime our cover art is by kala yip music by phil young and Corey wendell editing by jonathan camp check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com you can also follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at wine and crime pod if you have questions answers or recommendations to share email us at wine and crime podcast at gmail.com episodes are available on apple podcasts stitcher google play basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts and if you like the show please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts it is the best way to spread the word if you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air visit our patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing cheers